Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. This story caused me so much drama, and I want to share it with you because it was <laughs> definitely a moment in Kramer history. There's a girl that I knew that was secretly dating the bachelor, Jake Pavelka. He was like, I'm coming back to you, and how this story made national headlines, and that ended up getting us in a bunch of trouble. Tell you the story up today on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. I don't know if this is the first one you've been to. This isn't going to be a weird one to enter into. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, my name is Steve Kramer, and uh, I made this podcast because the words my mom had I think can change your life. They have for me, they can for you. And every single show, we start off by talking to her. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. Let me read you this article from Fox News to start off the show today. Uh, here is something you can do from the window of your home, bird watching. <gasps> the Associated Press reports that the weeks of being on lockdown during the COVID-19 pandemic has Americans heading outdoors to see birds in action as both uh, peak nesting and migration seasons for hundreds of bird species. For example, the bird, uh, the free bird identification app from the Cornell Lab of something something was downloaded <laughs> 85,100 times during the Easter weekend alone and downloads were up 102% over the past weekend. Ah. Oh. A uh, visit to Cornell's live bird cams have also doubled as also the downloads of the National Audubon <laughs> Society's uh, bird identification app compared March to April 2019. Preliminary figures also indicate that sales of bird feeders, nesting boxes and bird seed are sp- biking right now so i i think you're ahead of the curve i was making fun of my of my mom the other day because um she is we bought this bird camera <laughs> i bet it's i bet it's pulled out it's a it's called a photo booth uh-huh let me see this thing bird photo booth Let's see what we, we bought you here bird photo mm. booth um i want to see if that thing is sold out now See, I feel like you really, uh, well, y'all were so ahead of your time to get me that for Christmas. I know. Now that people can't even find all these bird things because Uh, old people like you are just, uh, you're just dying up. I can't find that exact one we bought you. I don't see it on here. I'm so excited, but you want to hear something really funny? Right before you called me, I was on the wild bird website ordering (laughs) bird seed. To pick up tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Mom. I was. You're becoming such an old person. Oh, God, I love it. I love watching the birds. It's so much fun. You can get so lost in it. It's so relaxing. And what we were your hobbies so in your 30s? Oh, mercy. Probably what doing do? whatever you guys wanted to do. I mean, that's when, yeah, I had two of you for sure. And, and then I had Maggie at 38. Yeah. So, yeah. You were just momming constantly? Just momming, just hanging out with other moms. Um, yeah. I remember when we'd go to the pool, I would always fill my thermos with vodka tonic. Oh. And, <laughs> wow. and people would comment on, I was the only mom that as the day went on, I got happier. <laughs> You were wasted over here. <laughs> I bet you were happier. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, we walked to the pool, so it was fine. I wasn't driving anyone. That's when that's Dad like was the, traveling all the time, and I was a single mom of three. That's the thing with this podcast. It's like I like hearing your stories, but there's sometimes I just don't want to hear your stories, you oh, know? TMI. Well, tomorrow, you know, we said for Throwback Thursday, one of the things that came back highly rated in the um, uh, survey that we did was my mom's story about her going to Studio 54. And so uh, we're going to do another Throwback Thursday story tomorrow with my mom. So we will look forward to that craziness. Well, you know, I have done a lot of wonderful things in my life. We could talk about those, not just the crazy. That doesn't sell. You know, nobody cares. At the end of the day, nobody cares. And I know like the feel good Mm. stuff is like, is good, but Mm. even like when I look at the downloads of this podcast, it's all like the salacious ones. It's all the ones, (laughs) all like the drama and the, you know, I can sit here and tell you the- why is that? Because because I think we're just nosy people. We're all mm. just like we're we're just fascinated by by chaos, even <laughs> though we say we don't want it. 
Um, I think that people like to hear it. So they're thriving on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow we'll do my mom's throwback Thursday story of, of something else wild she did in her in her younger years. <laughs> uh, I I've been curious about your chocolates. We need to catch oh. up on that story. So in case you weren't here yesterday, my mom told me that my dad for his birthday got a box of chocolates and she wanted Not to. Not just any chocolate. Godiva. Yeah, Godiva chocolates. Godiva chocolate, not Hershey's. We're talking about fabulous chocolate. So she, my dad was eating too many of them, so she hid them. But the problem is now she can't remember where she hid them. Um, so did you go, did you go look for them yesterday? I did. I looked in the broiler pan where I decided it would have, would have been a great place to hide them. And they yeah. weren't there, but they were in the drawer next to it. <laughs> so you found it? I found it. Back in, now, back in action. But now I'll have to hide them again, you see, because your dad will listen to this podcast and he'll know where they are. Mm, yeah. So tonight my mission will be to hide the Godiva chocolate again. Later on this episode, uh, this is a little plug for later on this episode, we're going to be talking to Hula again, who will, he's going through a weight loss journey right now himself. And so if you're one of those people that's been eating way too much during this quarantine, uh, he's got some kind of some words of wisdom of what he is doing to get himself mentally motivated to not come out of this thing, you know, 500 pounds. And, uh, but hmm. I think this, this segment is, is going in the opposite direction <laughs> hmm. that's true. as mom and I sit here and, and drool over over chocolates. Mm-hmm. You're eating gummy you know? bears and I'm having a dive. Okay. Let's get into, uh, uh, the alchemist. So this week we are reading the book, the alchemist. Um, and it's this journey that this boy is taking through uh, on his quest to find his purpose. I mean, is that what you would say more or less? His um, personal, his personal legend is how they refer yeah. to it. Yes. Right. So um, I just finished it today, about an hour before we started recording. And it's, I mean, it's a great book. It's just really super intense. And you have to really kind of focus on it. You can't passive read it. You can't passive listen to it. Because uh, there's so many, like every five minutes, it almost like the story changes pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you meet a new character and that new character kind of like progresses the story so far. So I do a bad job of if I start listening, I'll kind of zone out, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, shit, who is this person? I didn't even know we were over here. You know, <laughs> now we're in a totally different area of the world. And um, so uh, you really got to focus on it. But there's so many good nuggets. So I've asked my mom once a day to kind of pick a quote she likes from it and we can discuss it. And because I, I mean, there's been some in here that I'm just like, wow, that's that's powerful. OK, so this little paragraph says he still had some doubts about the decision he had made, but he was able to understand one thing. Making a decision was only the beginning of things. When someone makes a decision, he is really diving into a strong current that will carry him to places he had never dreamed of when he first made the decision. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah, totally. You found uh, you found this blog post to kind of go along with that today. I did, and I want to give this author credit. It's on Medium, which is a really fun newsletter that I subscribe to, and it's Nick Wignall. Um, and it's about, want to be more decisive? Give up these four bad habits. And, of course, it's nine pages long, but I'll tell you what the four habits are. Well, are, are you decisive or are you indecisive just as a person? Hmm. Depends on the decision. I mean, I think I'm pretty indecisive as a human being. I have a hard time like making some always like, well, what if? Mm-hmm. I mean, coming to San Diego was even a big, it was a hard decision for me to make. I know. Because at that point I had an opportunity to go back to Atlanta mm-hmm. and I had an opportunity to come to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, well, shit, if I go to Atlanta, that's like going back home. You know, that's, I can be closer to my family. That'd be great. But then something just kind of pulled me over to San Diego. Like that was going to be the better decision. Something. Um, <laughs> yeah, some, but I, Something. but again, it, it wasn't even like it was a conscious decision. Right. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's probably mm. where we're going to end up in the alchemist since you finished it, right? Kind of. You're per, kind, kind of. Led of. To I where don't want to. You need to be and you follow your heart and your intuition. I don't want to like give it away because actually it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Um, so we'll talk about it when you get closer to the end. Okay. Um, okay. So let's go over these four things. So this is four things Mm. that 
want to be more decisive, give up these four bad habits. Okay, here we go. Here's all you need to know. The ability to be decisive and make decisions confidently is not a personality trait or genetic gift. It's a skill that can be built. And the best way to build it is to let go of the habits that are interfering with it. Number one, stop avoiding uncertainty. Lord. Oh, yeah, babe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, anything as big as like, should I take this job to like, well, what happens if I have this for dinner, but then later on, I I wish I had this for dinner and then I'm craving Mm -hmm. this food later on. Mm -hmm. So how many of the things that you worry about actually come true? Well, don't ask me that question right now. Okay. Now is a bad period of my life to ask that question because I think everything (laughs) bad that I ever thought might come true has come true. Um, It was funny. I was talking to my realtor and I, um, when I bought this house, I'm like, listen, I just need to know, like, in worst case scenario, that, like, I'm not going to get screwed in this whole thing. And she's like, well, what's worst case scenario? I'm like, did I lose my job? And then we go into some kind of recession and I'm not able to, like, sell this house quickly. And she was like, come on. I mean, what are the odds of that was both those things happening at the same time? And I called her, like, a month ago and I'm like, here we are. She's like, your worst, your worst case scenario literally came true, didn't it? I'm like, it sure is. It sure is. Here we is. are. Sure is. And you'll have to make some decisions about that at some point in time. But of all the things you worry about, all of them, all the millions of things that you worry about, how many actually come true? That may be one of them out of how many? Thousands, millions. Okay. Stop asking for reassurance. Lord. Boy. (laughs) That about that too. What do you think? That's, well, what that's should I do? That's what this whole podcast is about. <laughs> Call in. 888-Kramer8. <laughs> that's that's going to be the new topic every day. Of like, should I do this or should I not? Just tell me because I don't, I don't know. So Maybe stop, I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Stop asking for reassurance and go with your gut and go what I you know. I realize how bad I am about that. I And I don't know if I should blame you for that. I don't oh. know if like I've always had you to lean on because my oh. sister's really bad about it. My sister cannot make a decision to save her life. And I used to be like that. I think all of the hypochondria, like one one year, this is not a joke. One year I went to the doctor 23 times in a year. And I think it was literally because I just needed the reassurance that I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I need somebody to tell me it's going to be okay. Cause I feel like I've always had you to sit there and tell me it's going to be okay. So I just constantly kind of like, seek out that type, even like in relationships now, it's like, I need somebody to tell me it's, I, it, they can like kind of coddle me and tell me it's going to be okay. Now I'm getting better about it. Cause I, I analyze that about myself, but for 35 years of my life, I just kind of like went with it. Like, why am I like this? Like, why do I? So Nick would say the problem with reassurance seeking is that it tells your brain that the anxiety that goes along with making decisions is dangerous. Even like think about like all the psychic shit I've been doing. <laughs> I mean, that's all it is. We all just want like, well, maybe not everybody, but I just want like reassurance. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But all this, all the anxiety it calls, causes is the exact opposite of what you're looking for. Confident decision making. Yeah. Ultimately, your mind will trust your behavior more than your words. Right. All right. Number three. Number three is stop trying too hard to avoid mistakes. Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's like all I do. But how do you learn? You learn by making I've learned, mistakes. I have learned enough. <laughs> I have learned more in the past two years than most people learn in a lifetime. Is it true? It's not true. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that have had a worse couple of years than you. 888. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Don't call. That'd be a really sad topic. (laughs) Well, Nick Um, says that purposefully exposing yourself to minor mistakes is the only way to convince your brain that mistakes are not dangerous. So mm. like take a risk, like to do something to someone that you think, oh my God, if I do that, this is going to cause me to cause them to be upset 
or whatever, and then just try it. And then if it doesn't, then you're like, wow, that was cool. Right. Because it's baby steps. It's little things. All right. The fourth one is stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to control everything. Yeah. And that's another hard thing. I have like, I don't think I realized what a control freak I was until recently. Like if I can control, I mean, all four of those are really good. It's actually a really good article. Um, mm-hmm. I'll link to it. Send me the email and I'll link to it in the show notes. So you guys okay. can go read it. Cause I mean, I feel like uh, making decisions is so hard, especially in crazy times. You just want to make sure yeah. you're making the safest one, the right one, you know, all of it. So it is. that was a good list. Look at you bringing show content. Listen, I'm trying to be of some value here besides yeah. just laughing and searching for Godiva and birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you do good. I know. You I'm lame. Good. I'm lame. I'm No, trying. you're not lame. You're just mom. I guess that's what you do. You're just mom. you just, just mom, mom, mom. Just mom. All right. I got a really busy show today. I don't mean to okay. cut you short today, but I got okay. a really busy show that we're going to get to. And uh, I love you. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Love you forever. Okay. My guest today is a returning guest and is a very popular radio personality here in San Diego. Been on for, oh, he was on for what? Almost 20 years, right? Uh, it's hard to book this guy. So I was glad to be able to get him. We had to go to his agent and publicist. And I know he's very busy being a TikTok star and a dad and now a podcaster. Hello, Hula. Well, hello, Kramer. How are you doing? Good, man. It was funny. We were just talking about like why, because since we talked last, and I forget what episode number you were on, but he was on a couple of them. I have to go back and look. Um, yeah. But you, your life has changed dramatically. The last time we talked a few <laughs> weeks ago, you were trying to be a, a TikTok star, and now you're trying to be this ultimate podcaster. <laughs> right. See, I'm trying to follow in your footsteps. You inspired me. So the whole TikTok fame, like all of us over 30, um, you know, I realized I reached that goal already. I feel like yeah. I'm I'm TikTok famous in my own mind, uh, self-proclaimed <laughs> TikTok famous. So so I'm good with it. So after talking to on your podcast, which I would enjoy being on both, um, you inspired me to actually kick off my own podcast because I also, in conjunction with that, kicked off like this whole weight loss thing. So that's right. why I jumped on a podcast. Well, you were just saying that like you're kind of getting sick of your just talking to your kids because you're basically yes. a stay-at-home dad right now, right? Your wife's still yes. working. I'm um, not only am I stay-at-home dad, I am their teacher. And I I have so much more respect for all the teachers out there. I am a special ed teacher too for my youngest one who's special needs. Um, So I feel like I am just driving myself nuts uh, with dealing. I mean, no offense to the teachers. You do an amazing job, but I'm done being a teacher. I hope my kids (laughs) get a new teacher next semester and it's not me because I am done. And so I decided I need a way to talk to adults. So let me throw this podcast together. I feel like Teacher Appreciation Day 2021 is going to be lit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, Not like, only should we give to our teachers, but to, to parents too. Like, oh my seriously, gosh. Seriously. Like, I don't think parents had any idea the kind of chaos the teachers had to go through. And at the end of the year, when you send in like your little, you know, wooden apple with the teacher's name carved in it, it's not enough. It's not. It's not. Like, it's, it, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Kramer. So, like, yeah. again, I appreciate and respect the teachers, but I, I'm getting like 12, 15 emails a day from the teachers saying, oh, make sure your right. kid does uh, Splash Learn, Zern, um, Extra Math. And I'm like, yo, 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 I don't work for you. Like, I don't know why you're sending me all these emails. Calm down with the emails, okay? Calm down. It's almost like you're going to get in trouble if you don't do it. You know, like you're going to get oh, sent yeah. to the principal's office if your kid doesn't actually perform. Oh, they send emails to us saying, FYI, make sure your child logs in because if they don't log in, attendance is not taken. So now it's like You're stress on hell. me. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, did you did you, did you you sign on the right login? Because if you didn't, I'm going to be the bad person. Parental oh my God, struggles, it's stressful. Man. Oh, Parental stressful. struggles. Like this couldn't be any more stressful. Now you guys got all this pressure. Well, I, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's cool you started your own podcast because you do have a big following. I'll tell you the... The number one comment that I got from last time that you were on, and I I feel like it's almost like oh, I got to be careful because I know kids listen to this, uh-huh. um, but I almost feel like you were like um, a character at Disneyland and you like took the head off. 
and people get to see the truth because <laughs> because the number one the number one comment that I got was I'm so sad that Hula and AJ aren't best friends. Like that just like really? destroyed that destroyed San Diego. Like that really genuinely destroyed. But I mean, it's the same with me. Like people ask that question all the time. Like, are you, right. do, do you and Gina still talk? Do you and Jess still talk? Do you and Crystal talk? Like, because they see us all like we were like a right. little family and I get it. And then right. they, they came to our group of friends every single day. And when they feel like, it wasn't like an authentic friendship. I'm not saying that yours wasn't, but I'm saying when they feel like they've been um, high, you know, hijinks in a way, or right, right. Um, they're just kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right, right. I mean, I can see where people are thinking, and don't get me wrong. I love AJ, have much love for him. We are, uh, you know, we had a an amazing, you know, 19 years of being on a show together, and we are family. I consider him my brother, and I definitely keep in touch with him on Facebook. But in regards to right now, how can you be best friends with people when you're not I mean, you could Zoom them, you could do that right. stuff and call them. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I feel like, you know, just right in this now, point man. in my life right now, people are so busy. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, we're still know. good friends. I don't hate yeah. them. Like I s- said in your podcast, you know, like things happens for reasons. And right sure. now I can't, you know, our, 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 we're just not talking to each other as much as we normally right. would. So it right. is what well, it well, is. The bromance, the bromance uh, <laughs> needs to needs to kick back <laughs> up before well, so everybody can get out of mourning. Well, I, but but should people be happy that you and I? I mean, I feel like I'm talking to you more than I so, am see, talking the, to AJ. There's, there's a new there's a new bromance uh, brewing or a new friendship I, has you know. I feel like AJ around. should start a podcast. Has he talked about doing a podcast at all? Because I feel like I mean, both you guys had such a big he audience. He should. He should. Yeah. And I and, and I know early on when we were laid off, it, you know, there was discussions of it happening. Um, right. I, you just get so busy in life. I mean, I look know. how long it took me to start my little weight loss podcast. And now well, even me, I mean, this took this took me yeah. just the confidence level. It took me about two months just to get the confidence up to like want to do it. Right. Um, it's hard. I think I don't think people realize it's hard when you get let go from a job that is so close to you. You really start yes. to de- because it is so personal. Like if you go yes. in and you're a manager at like a bank and or not maybe not a bank, but let's just say you're like a manager at like a fast food restaurant and maybe that you get let go because sales performances is down. That's not you. Like you didn't create the hamburger when you do a radio show. Like you've literally put your life on the line. And if people don't like it or what, for whatever reason you get let go, I mean, it feels damn personal when you get let go. Like what? Like this is my life. What do you mean? Right. It's your, you put your life out there and it's your pride is shot. Like, Oh, I am embarrassed now because you know, when you get let go at a company, it sucks. Like you put on Facebook, Hey, I got let go. But when you are somebody who people listen to, or you're out there, you know, in the community and people know you, and then you're like, Oh, by the way, not working anymore. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's super tough. So it does take confidence. And mine's not even there yet, but it's been helpful to get all the love and support. And I think you'll start to feel it too. Well, let's get into that. I I know you're busy. I don't want to waste like too much of your time here, but I was really proud of you because you are, you're one of those guys that, that doesn't give up and you've been very open about sharing your weight loss journey multiple times. And, um, I think that's really beneficial to a lot of people because weight loss is tough because I mean, I, you know, I, I, I grew up a fat kid and I still like in this time right now, I feel myself wanting to run back to food for comfort. And I do. Like, right. shit, you see my diet. Like, how many bo- boxes of macaroni and cheese I can I cheese. eat? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you, you're sending their their stocks going up, though, because I know a lot more people are following in your footsteps with that mac man, and I'm cheese. Try, I'm trying to get that endorsement, bro. I'm trying. I'm trying to lock <laughs> Endorse this man. Please. Endorse this man. Daya, yeah. I need this thing, man. Uh, but, but I totally get it. But I think a lot of people struggle, and it's such an inner struggle because even I suffer with like a body dysmorphia kind of situation. Right. Where I even like when I do lose weight, it's just never enough. Like I can be so skinny. I look back on pictures of me when I'm like so skinny, and I'm like, I still in those days felt like I was really, really fat. And I think the people that struggle with their weight. Uh, we only we can comprehend 
what right. that's like. So right. you have actually entered into a pretty bold thing. You're doing this weight loss challenge in the middle of probably one of the hardest times to do a weight loss challenge, at least for me as a uh, as somebody that you know comfort eats. So tell right. me about like the, the theory behind this, uh, what you're trying to do. Well, the whole thing is um, everybody makes jokes about the whole – I'm getting the whole quarantine 15. You know, like the freshman 15 when you go to college, mm-hmm. you gain weight. Well, everybody at home, you're gaining weight because you're eating junk food and you're eating everything. Well, I realized that I didn't want to be that person because of the fact that I'm already overweight as it is. And me sitting on my couch watching TV eating Oreos is not really that satisfying, to be honest with you. So I kind of sure. just out of nowhere, um, it happened back in um, Lent. For those that are Catholic, something we celebrate. That's what when I kicked off my first weight loss journey. And I decided for 40 days for Lent, people usually give up something. Well, I decided I'm going to intermittent fast. Basically, I'm going to eat at noon. And 4.30, I'm going to eat six ounces of protein, six ounces of um, fruit, and eight ounces of veggies. And that's and I've it. Heard, I've heard a lot about intermittent fasting. What's the concept behind it? Is it only that you can – is it – and don't let me – don't steer me wrong, but it's like you only eat certain hours of the day, but you can eat whatever you want? Or how does it work? No, I only eat um, – yeah, certain hours of the day at 12 and at 4.30, and I basically eat uh, just protein, fruit, and vegetables. That's it. But it's like, okay. I can't mix things. Like, so for example, I can't have broccoli and cauliflower. I just have broccoli. Um, okay. My chicken, if I have chicken, it's got to be six ounces. It's got to be, they can have salt and pepper, but it can't have barbecue sauce or ketchup or anything like that. It's got to okay. be just, and it's not fried. Nothing's fried. So in essence, it's kind of like um, just staying on a routine of eating lower calories. So Sure. I figured I was eating. I, I actually did this. So the first day is cheat day, and I decided to eat what I normally eat. I put down about 3,500 calories in one day. boy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was my that cheat day. That sounds fun, though. It did sound fun, but right? I went down. It sounded fun, but at the end, I was like, oh, God, I feel so fat. But yeah, at yeah. the end, but then, the you know, following that, I now do between 600 and 800 calories a day. Wow, that's drastic, man. That's a big yes. change. Well, how much weight did you lose in those 40 days? In the 40 days, I lost 35 pounds. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a ton of weight. That's yeah. a ton of weight. I'm going to put it out there. I was I went from 293, 293 pounds, like close to 300, bro. Like you can't yeah. see it in my body, but close to 300. That's when problems yeah. happen, especially for a 5'5". Five, five guy. You know, you're, yeah. you're breathing heavily. You're snoring a lot more. You know, sure. so I went down to 260. That's great. And uh, which is great. You know, clothes are fitting great. But now sure. I want to even lose more weight. So I decided to kick off another 40 days. And is it hard for you in this time? Or can you be one of those people that's like, well, I have no outside distractions. So it's easier because whatever food, you know, you're not going to go out to eat as much. You're not going to be, you know, be running to work back and forth and having to grab something fast. Do you find it easier now that you are at home more often? Um, It's a different uh, situation because of the fact that I'm home and I have kids. So when I feed them mac and cheese and chicken nuggets uh-huh. and fried chicken and they don't finish their food, normally I would finish their food for them. Right. Well, now I am throwing things away and it's hurting my heart because <laughs> being a Filipino, I don't know if you've been around a much, a lot of Filipinos, but we hate wasting food. We are constantly feeding people. So for the fact that I have to throw away this food is just gut wrenching. And then the fact that, you know, I'm making like I'm making mac and cheese, but I can't taste it. Sure. Like I make, you know, that's sure. hard. But I mean, yeah. it is easy that I can stay in routine. So there is pros so and cons. What is like your what's your goal, like your ultimate weight goal? Honestly, like I feel like as long as I'm feeling healthy, like there's not a number. I mean, I would like to get down to like 210, 220. Yeah. Um, but but if I'm every other day running on a treadmill and feeling fine and not feeling bad, you know, and, and you know, playing with my kids and not having to take heart meds anymore, like I take heart medication because mm-hmm. I constantly feel like, you know, with anxiety, I feel like that like it's a it's a problem. And plus, when sure. you're when you're heavier, anxiety is increased even more. I'm sure. Right. And I, yeah. So I noticed that my anxiety is going down because my weight loss is going or my weight is going down. 
what do you think it is? Because I know for myself, when I started to gain weight is when I, it's always when I move to a new city. Like I, I always can see it. That's why I always say I want to take my promo <laughs> pictures early because right? I know that I'm going to, when I moved to San Diego, I, I probably gained about 20, 30 pounds because, well, first off, there's so much delicious food. And number oh, God, two, yeah. like when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm uncomfortable, I'll eat. Like for me, it's always a discomfort thing. A lot of people say right. they, they, you know, they get skinny when they're depressed. Not me. I totally go the opposite way and I start eating. I don't know how I haven't weighed myself in a couple of weeks, but right. I know, I mean, I can just feel it on my body, you know, just like, well, this doesn't feel I'm eating foods. I know I shouldn't be eating because right. I'm uncomfortable for you. Like, what is it that you, cause you, you have kind of, you're like me, you go up and down, up and down. What is right. it that you get caught up on that makes you gain weight or these time periods that make you gain the most weight? Honestly, it's when I'm overwhelmed with work and my kids and just yeah. life in general because of the fact that I'm, you know, staying or I, when I was working, I was working two jobs. And on top of that, I had to deal with the kids at night. So I had two jobs. I would go, well, I don't need a food prep. I'm just going to grab whatever I can grab from a fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm, um, it's right, convenience right. sake. Busy. You know, and it's, sure. it's cheaper to to eat bad than it is to eat healthy. It's expensive to eat healthy. I, I'm here to root you on, man. I know that, that weight loss can be a huge struggle for a lot of people. I mean, I, I know it is it is for me. Um, and so I, I applaud you in this time. Thank what you. What do you think is your biggest motivation? Because I think that's what gets people going the most. And the reason that I wanted to bring you on today was your, like, what is that mindset when you are like sitting there like, I really want some of that macaroni and cheese right. that I made for my kids. Like what keeps you on track? What keeps me on track is the fact that by the end of this 40 days, it'll be around June, July. I'm hoping that I get a job. Hopefully mm -hmm. it's in radio. And all of a sudden I'm introducing a new hula. Like I'm a skinnier hula. I look different. I'm not coming out of quarantine looking like a caveman and looking all burly <laughs> and, you know, chubby and bloated. I want to come out of quarantine and people go, oh my gosh, what were you doing? Like it's a pride thing because the fact that I don't have my job. So I lost pride in myself and I lost, you know, that sense of purpose because I have no job. But right. now I want to gain that back. I want that confidence of walking in and walking out of this and going, ha ha, I survived quarantine by eating healthy and now I look good. You know, I it's right. it's an ego, ego stroke for sure. But I mean, that's I think that's that's healthy because I am very different than you. I'm so scared I'm going to roll out of here and everyone's impression is going to be like, what happened? <laughs> 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 quarantine did not do this man well. Oh no, quarantine twenty. <laughs> I feel like I'll literally come out like I like I'll I'll step into the sun. I'll like shield my eyes because I haven't been outside in so long. I'm pasty white and I'm just like, what is this world that we live in? <laughs> You're like a hobbit Rodri coming out. What's going on, my yeah. precious? Walking back into the fucking radio station. Yeah, it was just I don't know, man. I I unfortunately am taking a different. I mean, I'm still working out a couple days a week, but I'm just. My eating is way off. So this is like, honestly, it's been motivational to hear this story. Cause I mean, I think none of us want to like walk back into the office or whatever we're doing and be right. like, wow, you really fell apart. And especially if you are kind of becoming this new version of yourself, which I hope we all are in one version right. or another, you know, right. why not take this time? And I know it's, listen, easier said than done. And that's why I'm proud of you. And like, and you're like willing to share this story and be so honest with it, you know, with your struggles, because it's hard right now. Like it's that you, you're stressed, you're, you know, you're, uh, you're fearful of what's going to happen, everything. Right. But like, how do you want to come out of this? Do you want to come out of this looking like me or do you want to come out of this looking like Hula? And that's going to be really what <laughs> I want you to decide. If you are trying to, uh, if you need some motivation, because I'm not going to be your great motivator for that right now. <clears throat> I literally ate cinnamon bears out of the trash a couple of days ago. I'm not the, I'm not the role model for that. I saw yeah, that. I saw that. It's, it's okay though. Um, it's okay. But let's uh, let's let's give your let's give your new podcast a plug. So how can people find it? Um, you can find it on um, Life with Hula. That's L I F E W I T H H U L A dot Buzzsprout. So it's B U Z Z S P R O U T dot com. So Life we with Hula. We, we, we need to buy you a domain. I feel like <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I, you know. Let's be honest. Daddy. Like you have a huge, massive audience. I have like maybe five people who are following me. <laughs> Come on, so. Man. It's like those five people 
are, are like, you know, those five people are keeping me strong, listening no, to my man. weight loss, listening to me lose the weight, you know. So, so I will, uh, I'll put a link over in the show notes too, so you guys can go check out Thank Hulu's you. podcast. Dude, I hear the little ones behind you. I don't know if they're banging on the door. They're-, <laughs> they're trying to get in. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised you, I, I was hoping you didn't hear that, but they're literally <laughs> driving me mad right now. I need help. Like, if somebody can just send, rescue me. Do I need to send authorities over or <laughs> you might have to you may not be hearing from me in the next like week because my kids are going to take over like they're trying to break the doors down i need funny, help man. from these kids i hear that i hear that dude stay oh strong God. stay motivated we'll check in soon okay all right buddy thanks Okay, when we come back here in a couple seconds, it's a moment in Kramer history I really want you to hear. One of the bachelors got in deep poo-poo, all because of something that was said on my show. And this caused national headline news, and it caused uh, probably a month and a half of anxiety (laughs) in my life because I never thought it would get this big. It's one of my favorite radio stories and one that really put me on the map. We will talk about it next on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. A moment in Kramer history. Okay, so yeah, this was a a very anxious moment in my life, Um, but one that really put me on the map for the very first time. Um, One thing you try to do when you are a radio host is, of course, you want to be able to have celebrity guests to come on. They always want to plug what they want to plug. But your job as a host is to get nuggets that you can use, either that your listeners are going to want to hear or that you can use for like national publications. But that's how you start to get more attention. I've done it a couple of different times. Uh, One that I can think of recently was when uh, Nick... The Backstreet Boy, Nick Carter, was – did he go to rehab or jail? I can't remember exactly which one it was. But we got one of the Backstreet Boys, I think Howie was on, and that interview went over to TMZ. There was another TMZ story we had, and I forget who it was. Uh, but that's like the point. You try to get like just a nugget that you can use. Well, I fell into this weird gold mine back in 2010, and I'll tell you the whole story about how I blew this thing way out of proportion. So um, – when I lived in Panama City, there was a girl named Tanya Douglas, who was one of my ex-wife's friends. Now, Tanya happened to be the ex-girlfriend of Jake Pavelka, who was the newest bachelor. And she had been telling this story around town, how she had dated Jake, and Jake said that once the show was over, he was coming back to her. But then, of course, you know, Jake said, oh, I'm in love with, you know, with this, um... With this girl, uh, her name was, shit, who won that season? Vienna was her name. And so when Jake went on this whole Vienna spree, it really set Tanya up and to be pretty disappointed, as you can imagine. So she was kind of looking for ways to sell her story to the tabloids. Well, I didn't have money to buy it, but what I told her, I said, hey, listen, if you will come on and you'll t- like do an interview with me first, I will make the interview so mysterious that there's no way the tabloids won't pick it up. I'll hit all the tabloids saying, listen, I've got a two-hour interview, it ended up being two hours, with this girl that swears that Jake uh, promised that she was coming back or that he was coming back to her after The Bachelor. And if you give it to me, I promise you that I will get it to where you can sell the story. Well, this got national attention as you can imagine i mean i was on entertainment tonight i was in people magazine i was on access hollywood i was on etv uh saying like yeah i talked to this girl we got this interview it's crazy and the whole world kind of just waited while uh one of these stories picked it up but i was getting so much attention because i was the only person that knew what happened okay so eventually she did sell the story i forget to who maybe us weekly and that was Hang on, let me get back to that really quick. That was a super anxious time in my life because all these tabloids on like shady Hollywood people are hitting me up trying to get this interview, right? I remember that Us Weekly said that I, I, let me not say that. It was one of them. I can't remember who it was. One of the the magazines reached out to me and said, hey, man, if you if you leak it to us, we'll give you five grand and we will... Um, uh, we will put you as like one of the hot up and coming morning shows in one of our future magazines. And I had to make the moral decision that I wasn't going to do that. 
my main purpose was to just get attention for our little radio show. I wasn't going to sell out that early in my career. Now in hindsight, maybe I should have taken the five grand. No, I shouldn't take the five grand. But she did eventually sell it, okay? It made huge headlines. It was a big deal. And that should have been the end of it. Well, now fast forward a couple of months because The Bachelor usually airs in January, right? And then this whole story broke around April. Well, all of a sudden, I get an email from this radio prep group. And keep in mind, these prep groups are, um, they're like these producer they basically produce a whole lot of stuff like every day we'll walk into a radio studio with headlines and things that happened on tv last night and they send them to you know you can subscribe to to their services and radio stations all over the country like you know channel 933 has them any, any radio station you listen to every morning show has a prep service they use well this prep service emailed me and said hey we're doing interviews with jake pavelka and i was like well wait a minute wouldn't this be interesting to bring him on to get his perspective. And I'll tell you this, I don't think they ever let us do interviews ever again through their service, but I want to take you back, and this clip's a little lengthy, but I, th I want you to hear the whole thing, okay, of when we finally came on the air. After all this drama of we're the show that has the inner, you know, this interview with this girl that said that you were the one, here's an interview back in 2010, a moment in Kramer history that we ran uh, yeah, it was, it was this week, back in 2010. Listen. You guys ready? Yes. You know him as the, I would say, the reality renaissance man, right? Yes. Kind of good way to find I think guy. so. His name is Jake the Bachelor Pavelka, and he's on our show right now. Hello, Jake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I heard that song three times today, coincidentally. Oh. It is every so morning. on the radio, and now again. Is it every single, every <laughs> single morning show? I'm guessing every time you come on a morning show, they play that, don't they? That's all right. That's all right. You know, if that song follows me around for the next 60 years, it'll be an honor. Jake, I, I have a question. Does our morning show ring a bell to you at all? Do you know where... Panama... Yeah, absolutely. We we uh, we were on a couple of weeks ago, doesn't it? Weren't were we? Oh, you were talking about us a couple of weeks yes. ago. yeah. I don't know if, if we are... Uh, we ring a bell or not of who we are. Um, we were the morning show that talked to a young lady named Tanya Douglas... And I was hoping that we could kind of address this because I never felt like a lot of this got cleared up. She's one of uh, actually one of our neighbors, and she talked to us before the whole taping of The Bachelor about, or actually the right before the Dancing with the Stars, Dancing actually. with the Stars, right? Mm -hmm. About a situation between you and her. Now I'm going to play a really quick clip of something that she said to us that I just kind of want it. Now that we've got you here, right? We can get sure. your opinion on. Is that cool? Here's yeah, a, absolutely. Here's Tanya. Okay. He told me that the network had called him and basically offered for him to be The Bachelor. Said, I told them that I was with you and that I was in love with you. I don't want to do The Bachelor anymore. He told me that he was facing bankruptcy. He's like, and I can't marry you, bringing you into a situation where I'm bankrupt. He said, I know a way that I can get out of this financial situation. He goes, I could be The Bachelor and just start sobbing. And he's like, and I love you at the end of all this. I still see me getting down on one knee and asking you to marry me. I'm not going to go on this show for love. I've already found the love of my life in you. After the six weeks of filming that he did, did you hear from him again? I heard from him um, the day after Thanksgiving. He's like, Tanya, I just want to let you know that I've never loved anyone more. Then he told me, you remember the message that you left for me, the voicemail that you left for me before I had to leave? And I said, yes. To make sure that we're all on the same page, the voicemail you left said, listen, when you go on the show, if you find the Jake that I fell in love with, then let me know. Yes, and he goes, I found him. Now, obviously, this is all of the tabloids. This is not the first time you've heard this, but no. we've never really gotten a clear answer of what was up between you and Tanya Douglas. <sighs> Uh, well, what's your question? My question is, I mean, what... Did, did, did we date prior to The Bachelor? Did, yes. Well, there's, there's a couple is different there questions. there any overlap? Were we dating? Did I make false promises? Negative. No. Did you talk to Tanya since the taping of the show? We talked once. We did. Okay. And during that, do you feel like you overstepped any boundaries by maybe saying anything to her about wanting to get back together with her? Because that's kind of her accusation here. Is right. That... Oh, my gosh. No, I would never do that to Vienna. So... I found my soulmate. So, Absolutely not. And and the thing about it is, Vienna was present for for that phone call. So you know what's what's funny though, and let me let me let me state this: yeah. every girl that I've ever dated, starting with my uh, my high school sweetheart, I am really really great friends with. And I was thinking, I guess just naive in life, 
you know, I'm going to be friends with Tanya. You know, it didn't work out. We dated for about two, two and a half months, you know, and uh, it just, you know, it didn't work out. But here's the question, I guess, from me, is that, you know, while she was talking to us, she made it seem like you were about to do The Bachelor and um, almost for for monetary reasons. Now, is that the case? And then it changed when you yeah, met I know, yeah, I read Anna? that she, she told everybody that yeah. I got $500,000 well, to you, do The Bachelor. You know the story, man. The you money isn't, crazy. I, it isn't important to me so much as, was that the case? And then things changed when you met Vienna and, and realized you were starting to fall in love with her and then... Uh, well, here you have this unfortunate situation with Tanya, who's, you know, kind of waiting in the wings. Or was it truly a relationship that was over before you got to The Bachelor? No, it was a, it was a relationship that was over before I got to The Bachelor. There were, you know, there are just things in life. You know, it's like, you know, at 32 years old, you know, you're going to dig a little past the surface when you're looking for a soulmate. Mm-hmm. And I've always told all my girlfriends, you know, as soon as I realize that I'm not going to marry you, I'm, I don't want to stay together. And please give me the same respect. If you know we're not going to be together, you know, in marriage, don't waste my time. And I would never do that to somebody else. So you think she was out not to, you know, mend a broken heart or, or whatever the case may be on her side. We you dated think- for two months. Mm. See, she... Two months. Her... her uh, <laughs> I guess her truth is that, you know, this, you were someone that she was planning on marrying. Yeah, that, that's just what she made it sound like, you know, and, and that's, I guess, her version. I know we gotta let you go, man, and I hate to end the conversation Hey, this I've, way. Talked, I've talked to every single girlfriend that I've ever dated about marriage. She was not the first I had the conversation with marriage about, because that's my point of dating. So, okay. Okay. Okay, I know we gotta oh. let you go, man. I know that's all the time we get. I hate to end on that note, but I appreciate you joining our show this morning, Jake. Absolutely, man. No sweat. I actually uh, found the inner, uh, the email that I got later on from the prep guy. It says, Chris, who was my program director at the time, said, I get that Kramer wants to push the envelope of an interview, but our prep company has a longstanding reputation with publicists who rely on us to deliver a quality radio interview. Needless to say, we had one ha- unhappy publicist this morning over the ambush interview of Jake Pavelka in which Kramer spent most of the interview talking about and playing clips of an interview he had with Tanya Douglas. In the future, if this is the type of interview he wants to conduct, please have him book in the interview on his own. Thank you. Uh, I actually, I, I shortened that, that clip up a little bit. It was a little bit longer. We did talk to him a little bit more on the front side about whatever it is he wanted to talk about. I forget. I think he's promoting a book or something. Um, my response as a true professional was, Hi, people's names that have all been copied on this. I really didn't expect that to be as much of an ambush as it was. I don't know if you heard the show or not, but I even apologize for it turning out to seem like so much like that. I got to ask the questions that my listeners would want to hear, but with his responses, we got a little defensive on our end. I think from the other interviews that we've done through your prep service, you'll see that we're, this is not a norm of how we operate. Apologies for all of us here, and I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to get the interview. Oh! Yeah, that whole Tanya Douglas interview, man, that really, I mean, it put us on the map, but it probably took three years off my life easily. Honestly, I I guess I kind of feel bad. I was a little aggressive in that interview, just being like, all right, Jake, tell us all this, dude. So I here we are 10 years later, Jake Pavelka, I personally would like to apologize if I felt, if you felt like I ambushed you in that interview. I don't know that you even remembered it. Uh, I'm sorry that I used your name to promote my little radio show um, back in Panama City. That's probably, that's probably honestly what I feel the worst about is that I caused so much chaos in that situation. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know if that's like part of the gig, right? Like you have to kind of expect that kind of, anyway, I'd love to catch up with Jake Pavelka this many years later. Everybody knows Jake that's listening. That'd be kind of cool to catch up with him so many years, you know, removed from the show. I don't even know if he remembers that time of life. Uh, I'm sure he has to, because that story was so big right after the bachelor finished. Anyway, uh, no matter how you want to look at it, it was definitely a moment in Kramer history. And now good news. (laughs) 
So if you're new to the show, at the end of every episode, I try to give you like the good news coming out of the coronavirus. A lot of people are doing a lot of cool things. Um, uh, this one I think is cool. I think I would like this. There's a South Carolina couple that's been using their musical talents to bring their community together for weekly street concerts, all while respecting social distancing guidelines. It's Lee Edwards and her husband, Dimitri Pita. They are professional opera singers who have been setting up shop at the end of their driveway in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, to perform classical and contemporary opera pieces for the neighborhood. Do you want to hear it? Of course you do. We're practicing. They say they can hear us anyway, so we said, why not just take it to the... Take it to the driveway, make it a concert. It gets everybody out checking on each other and trying to get some breaths of fresh air and make music. Neighbors like April Darcy say the social distancing gives them something to look forward to. It's just a wonderful thing that the neighbors have done and I'm just so thankful to them. I think as long as you like opera, that's cool, but like imagine if you didn't. <laughs> there has to be some type of city ordinance that you could complain about if you were like, I'm not really into the opera music being this loud. Uh, but that's, it's, it's a nice gesture for them to do. And let me take you to Santa Rosa over here in California. Now there's a landlord here, uh, and his wife who are being praised for doubling up on stimulus checks in order to pay off some of the rent of all 13 of their tenants, which is awesome. After he and his family received $3,400 in federal, federal stimulus checks, he felt compelled to pay it forward to a second family, of course, who is his tenants. He then matched the check's amount to total $7,000 so he could use it to shave $500 off this month's rent for each one of his tenants. A lot of good news, man. I promise you it's out there. So if you find any, please uh, send it over to me. I'm on social media. That's probably the best way is just to tag me. And today I told you I was going to say this differently. So Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Made Me Laugh, where I scour the internet for something that made me laugh, and I share it with you so you'll leave in a good mood every day at the end of the show. You hear? Okay. Uh, Ellen, I know we did Ellen yesterday. We're going to do Ellen two days in a row, which is probably a crime in itself. Uh, but we're going to start the topic. We're going to end the topic with a topic we started with, which was making decisions and how hard it is for me to do it. And it's the same for Ellen. If you really think about it, all the decisions that we're making all the time, life is more complicated now. I mean, we have to make decisions about everything. Whereas back when the cavemen were, were around, they were like just you hunted or you gathered or, or your biggest decision was fleeing. Do I run now or do I wait a second? You know, <laughs> that's all you had to do. Now everything is a huge decision. You go to the shampoo aisle in the, in the grocery store and there's shampoos for for thick hair, for thin hair, for fine hair, for wavy hair, for blonde hair. Cave people, they had one shampoo. That's all they had for dry, brittle hair. That's all they had. It just, on the label, it said for dirty mud, blood encrusted hair. That video is in the show notes. You're going to have a great day tomorrow. I don't know how much you know about Enneagrams. Do a little research tonight because she is one of the bigger social media stars about Enneagrams, and she is on with us tomorrow. How one number literally can change your life. Uh, I, I, I'm a number six, so that means anything to you now. We'll talk about this more tomorrow, but like learning that about myself, it's almost like a Myers-Briggs kind of thing, and I think it's going to be fascinating for you to learn tomorrow on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. Have a great day, and see you tomorrow. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.